Welcome to Raiders on the Record, the podcast featuring Hastings High School Athletics. I'm Athletic Director Trent Hansen. My colleague Tim Hanneberg and I work together to bring you the stories of Raiders sports. We are thrilled to share conversations with the athletes, coaches, and alumni that represent Raider Nation. Check back weekly and be sure to share this podcast with your friends in the Raiders Network. Today we bring you Brady Wozvik. Brady is a 2007 Raider graduate. While he was a student at Hastings High School, he participated in football and lacrosse. For the past 10 years, Brady has coached Little Raiders football, 9th and 10th grade football, and boys lacrosse. He has been the boys head lacrosse coach for the past five years. All right, so Brady Wozvik. You're an alumni and a current coach. Let's start from the beginning of your 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 life here. So walk us through you growing up, brothers, mom, dad. Did you always grow up in Hastings or where where are your parents originally from? Where are you originally from? When did you move here? Walk us through you growing up and what that looked like. Try to keep that all straight here. So mom is from Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Dad's from Wapiton, North Dakota. Um, I know wrestling coach there you used to see Wapton show up at uh, Kiffmeyer here and there. And so my dad always liked going up to that one to watch that. But we, I grew up in St. Joseph, Minnesota, which is right outside St. Cloud. Um, Sandlot, I guess, would be the way to describe childhood. There wasn't a ton of strong sports programs. I played t-ball and flag football and all that kind of stuff. But basically it was play football until dark. And then if it was uh, winter, it was get off the bus, grab your skates and stick, clear off the rink, go set up some tip-ups around the rink so we could do a little fishing, and then skate until dark. And that was that was most of my childhood growing up. And then we moved to Hastings uh, in uh, summer before my seventh grade year. And so kind of one of the first people I met getting introduced to the middle school was Mr. Rohr, and he was uh, kind of the one that got me excited about playing contact football and got into wrestling in middle school and and then uh, a few other guys got me back into baseball when I moved here. So that was just a, a, this town has a way of welcoming you. And I know, I mean, you're a transplant and I know mm-hmm. I, Dave Eichmann and I were one of the first people uh, you got to know just mm-hmm. through helping with little Raiders and everything. And that was awesome. But that's people like Dave Eichmann doing that and Jim Rohr and stuff. Those are the, the people that just sell you on this town and just welcome you with open arms. I got two younger brothers. Taylor is five years younger than me. Um, he's currently married, living in Scandia. He teaches at Stillwater. She teaches in Lidstrom. And then Blaine, my youngest brother, uh, played a little college across, and now he's working for Jerry's Fire and Safety and doing, uh, I don't even know what he does, fire extinguishers and overhead sprinklers and stuff like that. And he's liking it a lot. So we're all kind of in the area. So, so cool. far so good. So this is kind of a sports podcast, mainly centered around sports. So thinking back, you talked about it a little bit already. What was maybe one of your first or earliest sports memories? And it doesn't have to be like an organized sport or anything like that. It could just be playing catch with your dad in the backyard. So what do you think What would, uh, what is your earliest or best sports memory growing up well we like to say that blaine and i aren't family members 
because my mom and dad and Taylor can't catch anything. So playing catch with my dad was always more difficult for him than anything. We like to tease him. No, I, it was Sandlot stuff. It was, hey, let's go play, you know, hockey till dark or started with touch football, quickly moved into tackle football as every kid does. And just, just finding reasons to be outside. We had a big neighborhood. There's always kids to play with. And we lived, I lived right off the park. And then I had buddies all around that lived right off the lake. And so just swimming, hockey, football, and we biked everywhere. Like we just were always outside and it was before the cell phone era, obviously. And so Mm -hmm. it's, you hear a mom yelling out the door, you stop your bike and you listen to see if you can figure out if it's your mom or not. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's just what we did. We were just always outside, always playing in the woods, stuff like that. Organized sports. I, like I said, maybe T-ball and flag football, stuff like that. I just like to try different stuff and get proficient at it, then move on to the next thing and just whatever's next kind of mentality. Nice. What about one of your first jobs? And it could be, something around the house or maybe it was your parents giving you a couple dollars for something you were doing or maybe your first kind of job that you remember applying for getting it and going from there what do you think one of your first jobs was well i guess as far as like parents and stuff go like always doing yard work and for you know this stuff and that stuff and i remember being little and going to target i mean it must have been like what six seven years old and seeing that the the little star wars action figures were seven dollars and i had to find a way to gonna buy and so that's kind of where initial work ethic began it's just what can I do I want seven dollars how do I get there um my first job job because we were all multi-sport athletes and involved in other clubs and stuff like that choir uh my first job was working for the YMCA doing youth sports and I hated it and then <laughs> I hated it I just I, it, it had its moments of fun but overall it just wasn't all I thought it was I had a buddy kind of hooked me up with it and then uh it was my senior year that a buddy and I kind of looked at each other and said we don't want a study hall let's go find something to do and that's when we volunteered uh in the special ed uh, gym class and at the end of the school year my buddy Ian who I don't know if you're listening to this podcast and you know me odds are you know who Ian is um his mom just said hey do you want a summer job and yeah that was kind of it and we've been together ever since so that's kind of the 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 paid working history i guess you could say sweet last question here to get some background info on you brady you could pick three of these and tell us your favorite one all right so your favorite movie food artist or genre of music doesn't matter maybe an author or your favorite time of the year okay so queen is the greatest rock band of all time freddie mercury is the greatest front man of all time. So that answers that. Live and die for Queen. Um, Star Wars, just as a whole, you said movie, but I'll just say Star Wars because Star Wars is probably my favorite thing on the planet. Um, what was another one in there? Time of year? I love. I do like winter. I, I've always liked winter, um, but it's more about the changing seasons than the actual winter itself. Uh, author or author? genre of music? I've read a number of Jimmy Buffett books. He's actually a pretty good writer, but I, I, I like to dig into sci-fi fantasy kind of stuff as well as just history. I like reading 
if a if a an ancient sword master wrote down his tale and his theories and stuff like that why not try to pull some coaching stuff from that and dig into the history so a lot of history i don't i couldn't give you an exact author but i just i like a lot of history and obviously rock and roll i guess would be my genre sweet so getting into your life then and your sports history too you kind of talked a lot about growing up in sports that you played getting up to about let's let's stop then right when you moved to hastings which was about seventh grade then were you part of any organized sports? You, you talk about just a lot of backyard stuff, sandlot stuff, playing with yeah. your friends. Was there anything organized that you kind of latched on to early or was it just kind of hodgepodge of a lot of different things? When I got here, uh, we actually toured the middle school right when we moved here. Um, in, it was summer, so it wasn't in session, but that's where we met Jim Rohr. And he just, I mean, you've known Jim as long mm -hmm. as you've lived here. He'll just sell you on anything. Mm -hmm. And he got me super excited about football. And then when football was about done, super excited about wrestling. And that's, it just took off from there. I just kind of went, I'm looking to make friends. I'm looking for some challenges. Let's go. And I didn't think too much about it. And yeah, he was a pretty good salesman for that. Um, I also met like Brad Stepan really early on down at Played Against Sports and just told me a lot about uh, the town and the, the sports community around here. And uh got to know Augie O'Brien pretty early on so he was an early influence and I just those are kind of Ken Wilkins was huge ended up being my confirmation mentor and to this day we chat you know mm -hmm. multiple times throughout the year just checking in on each other and so I got some good contacts at an early age so football and wrestling were the two kind of main ones right away and then I had stopped playing baseball back in St. Joseph and I had some buddies talk me into it and okay, fine, I'll try it. And I fell in love with baseball again. And that went for a number of years until I got, uh, I had some other football buddies say, uh, hey, you got to try this lacrosse thing. And that was pretty, still love baseball, but man, oh man, lacrosse was just a whole new challenge. And I yeah, didn't so, know much about it. Yeah, so walk us through then, um, getting, getting into high school then, walk us through what years you participated with what sports and obviously lacrosse is huge in your life and a huge influence in your life. And yep. obviously you're coaching it now and we'll get into that later here too. Yeah. Walk us through then every single year you played what sports, maybe okay. some of the personal accomplishments that you had with those sports and then some team accomplishments as well with each sport. Uh, never took much stock in the personal accomplishments. I'll have to dig on that one. No, I played football all through all four years. Um, and I played baseball freshman and sophomore year. And then my junior year is when lacrosse really got introduced to me. So uh, ninth grade football played for Russ and, and uh, Mr. Lutz. And I love those two to death. And that was a, uh, it's a great way to get introduced to what high school is going to be. Cause all of a sudden you're, you're, you need to, carry yourself like an adult in actually in football, you know, going in, in in August and getting some work done before the school year starts is a great intro to that. And so those guys were huge and Russ and, and Lutz were huge in uh, kind of teaching us how to become high schoolers. And then I'd take my winters off and we'd go skate and, you know, slow skiing and snowboarding kind of stuff. And then baseball was in the spring and that was, that was just uh learning how to do the little things because you gotta, you gotta make sure you go throw every day and you gotta take some BP every day and you, you gotta do 
you're going to take care of your arm and all that kind of stuff. And then finding ways to stay in shape um, around both those sports. So it was a good, good balance throughout my school year. Um, like I said, sophomore year, football was my number one for sure. Um, Pete McGinnis was, was huge in teaching us kind of how to, how to work. I would say like with your coaching staff. And I think I, I'm pretty sure I said this in that, in the, the pre-interview thing is he, he would ask us our opinions on things and not that that was completely foreign, but you're a dumb high school kid. You're like the coach knows, especially mm-hmm. like middle school football. You did little Raiders with us. It's like herding cats. Sometimes mm-hmm. you, he, yeah. you have to just tell them where to go and what to do. And all of a sudden it's a collaborative process. And so that really opened my eyes and kind of went, this coaching thing is pretty cool. And then baseball again was just kind of for fun more than anything. Um, junior year, I made varsity football, which was something I worked. I had a couple uh, of the varsity coaches the previous year pull a bunch of us linemen aside and say, do you want us to teach you how to train in the off season so you can make that lineup next year? And I was one of the ones that jumped on it. And that's, that's where we learned to how, how to behave in the gym. And you're a wrestling guy, man. You know how important that time in the gym is and that time, whether you're with a group or by yourself, how important it's just as much a part of the sport as anything else. And that's where having a great weight room like we did and great programs like Raiders Express, I was before the spark era, so I didn't get to benefit from that, but a lot of good people in the right spot to teach you how to go about your business and get in there. You don't need to be in there for four hours get in there for an hour or 45 minutes and just work your butt off and you're going to accomplish a lot. And so that's where I learned how to be or how to train to be a varsity football player. And uh, yeah, then junior spring made varsity, played offense and defense, didn't come off the field a ton, which was the goal, you know, back then you wanted to play. That was the point. And uh, I just getting to see that, I call them the old guard of uh, Majeski and Moore and Kranz and Dahlberg and, you know, all those guys. Um, they, I, I can't even put them into words what it was like working for them. It was hard. It was really hard. And they expected a lot of us, but you knew when you, when you, uh, you knew when you did good kind of thing. And you knew that kind of feeling of accomplishment. And I'm sure we'll dig into this as we go here. Todd Field. You can't, you can't beat getting a chance to play on Todd Field. Mm-hmm. It's until you've done it, you don't really get it. It's kind of how I've learned to phrase it. Cause we, we like to have, we get to have one ninth grade football game down there every year. And you try to talk to these kids about what this place means. And every year we all fumble over our words to try to, you know, put it into words. Um, but Todd Field was a, an accomplishment in itself athletically. If you got your name called on Todd Field, that, that felt pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I'd say middle of winter, my junior year, I had some football buddies. Just They had kind of talked about it before, but now they really started hammering on it. Like, you got to check out this cross thing. And at the, we were a club sport, and do you walk away from a high school sport and a sport that you love in baseball to try something new? And 
just something kind of felt right about trying it and I did it and I won't say I didn't look back because I definitely, I mean, to this day, miss baseball, but uh, lacrosse was just a little more tailored to my talents and interests, I'd say. Yeah, um, so that, that was one, fast, maybe one of my questions for you. Yeah. yeah. What, what were some of the things that really drew you to lacrosse right away and, and really sparked that passion for the sport in you? Um, the, the constantly moving was a big part of it. Um, baseball, for all the thinking that you have to do, and I, I like doing that thinking, lacrosse, you kind of just got to go to battle. And you're, you're on the field, you're just, you're working. And then the, I never really played a sport. Like I always loved hockey, but I never played organized hockey. And so a chance to use a stick and score goals and, you know, that kind of stuff was just a, a new challenge. And when I, like I talked about with learning how to work in the gym and stuff, you get into a brand new sport as a junior and you want to play on varsity right away, you dive really deep into all the technical stuff and you get yourself uh, as proficient as possible. And so I learned a lot very quickly and I credit my friends and my coaches and just time at home. I just had that stick in my hand and I'd be constantly playing. I'm looking on the internet, how to, you know, different, I'm learning about the game while I'm teaching, you know, getting taught the game. I'm trying to learn the history of it. I'm trying to learn techniques and skills. And it was, it was just a whole big mountain to climb. And I think that's what really sucked me in was it was just this uncharted territory in my athletic history. And it was a chance to, you know, if you don't start skating and get, you know, playing on a team when you're what, three, four, five years old, you're going to be behind. And so there's just never really that chance to get into hockey. And so lacrosse was a, a nice uh, alternative. Sweet. Yeah. That's super cool. Next thing for you, two questions are kind of similar, but if you could break them up, that'd be great. Looking back then at your high school career, what do you think one of the most rewarding experiences were being a high school athlete in Hastings? And then the other one is what's your favorite moment of being an athlete for Hastings? Oh boy. I always, I mean, I think I'm going to start with the second one first. I always got the most enjoyment in my sports out of making sure the team clicked. So I was an offensive lineman. And if all five of those guys, and then six, if you got a tight end, and now you got the fullback back there, if all those guys don't click, the ball doesn't move. And so I always loved building that brotherhood up. We called ourselves, and I think they still do it to some extent. We were the PLU, the Fat Lineman Union, PH, right? That was something that was handed down to us. And kind of having that little bit of uh, extra brotherhood, if you will, um, made us gel better, made us friends off the field. And then that, all that kind of stuff made us better on the field. Uh, so I always got a more enjoyment out of a 20 some play 70 yard drive on offense where we just ground it out and, you know, you chip away and you demoralize the defense. I always got more out of those touchdowns than, we broke a 70 yard run because that was the proof. Those long drives were the proof that all the work we've been doing paid off. I think that was, those are always my favorite moments. And so there was, 
we, we used to sit in the, on Mondays, we'd sit in the, the lecture hall with the whole football team and re watch a little game film, recap the game. And we used to get stickers on our helmets and we'd get stickers for long drives. And that was, that was always pretty cool to kind of recap everything that way and talk about, you know, it was a, there was some that we had like 25 play drives where every play was like three, four yards. And that's long and it's tiring, but it's worse on the defense. And you just feel like you're kind of imposing your will and everything's clicking. And so that, I can't, I don't know if I can give you a specific moment as far as playing. We took fourth in state in lacrosse my senior year. That was, that's your kind of stereotypical answer. That was really cool. But uh, enjoyment out of the little accomplishments. I don't know if I covered both questions. No, that was great. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. So let's transition then to sure. you nowadays. Um, so talk about your current role at a Hastings High School. I know you coach a couple of different sports. So describe the sports, what you do, what level you're on, and go from there. Uh, right out of college, I got a call from Pete McGinnis um, to be his offensive defensive line coach for 10th grade. And I did that for, uh, what, five years before I moved to ninth grade with uh, – Russ Welch and Andy Lutz. And I've always just with football wanted to stay at that ninth or 10th grade role, keep it a little more looser and fun, less, less full-time job like those varsity guys got to deal with. Um, and I love working with those guys. Oh my God. That's the, I've I got to work with McClay, McGinnis, Russ and Andy, now Colvin, um, Tom Sarda, like had a lot of good guys to work with and learn from. And that, so my first year out of college, um, I, I, in the middle of the winter, I got a call from Brian Jensen, the old lacrosse head coach, asking if I wanted to be an assistant with lacrosse. And so that's how that started. And I was there for probably five years before he got a teaching job up north and I took over as the head coach. And so currently I'm ninth grade football and uh, varsity lacrosse head coach. Sweet. So one of the main things we've been asking coaches is the question, why do you coach? So it's a question to you then Brady, why do you coach? What kind of character skills are you trying to uh, imprint on our athletes? And then once again, why'd you come back to Hastings? Why'd you choose to come back to your alma mater and coach here in town? Uh, it was a no brainer to come back to Hastings. I'll just get that one out of the way. This town gave me a ton and they helped me grow up and they welcomed me at a, I mean, seventh grade, it's a, a vulnerable spot in your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I left St. Joseph kicking and screaming. I was not happy. Um, and I just, I, it's not just the sports in the town. It's just the town. I just love this town. It's not only being spitting distance from the XL Energy Center and, you know, in the Twins Field and, and uh, Mall of America and all that, but it's just got a cool vibe. You're, you're far enough outside of all the big stuff, but you're close enough to go get there if you want to be there. Um, why I coach, you've been a head coach a long time too, or and at least a coach a long time. So you know how that statement is always in flux. We're always working on those statements. I've always kind of led with sports are fun or they're meant to be fun. Um, Cause that's an easy one to kind of sell, but the, the real, as my, as I've, you know, this is 10 years now I've been doing the high school stuff. It's, it's really about passing down and paying forward. And for me, it's, I had a lot of guys and I, I 
listed a bunch of them so far, and there's even more on my list of guys that helped me out, guys and gals. I mean, like we talked about uh, Katie with the Raiders Express and everything, like helping me out a ton and just learning how to not just be a good athlete, but be a good dude and learn how to create and problem solving and fighting through adversity and all those kind of stuff. So if I can pass down some life knowledge to, to some, some kids, that's all I need out of this job. I've always enjoyed that. I like, I like to collaborate with the kids. I'm a big proponent of respect is earned, but I think it's, it's our job as coaches to show that respect first because we're the one, we're the adults, right? So let's, uh, let's not just uh, line these kids up and yell at them and have them run. Let's, let's work with them and figure out how they tick. I like figuring out how each of the kids, what makes them tick. Cause that's when you get the best stuff out of kids. Yeah. So that's not a pretty statement, but that's my statement. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's great. So looking back at your own high school career, you played for a ton of great coaches. Name one of your, you can name one or two. You already said a lot of names too. So name one or two that really had a big impact on you. Some of the traits or character skills they taught you. And then if you are using those skills now as a coach too. Uh, like the one and I know I should lead with it because I brought it up a couple times is the, the collaborative process with your athletes. And I learned that from Pete McGinnis. That was, he was the one that first kind of showed me that. Um, but Mr. Rohr showed us how to work hard, but also have fun doing it. And, and Andy is the embodiment of loving the game that he just, he loves the sport so much and that, that can't help but rub off on you. You try to pass that on. I use that all the time, especially in lacrosse because we get, we'll get kids that have never played lacrosse before. You know, it's, it's a, still a weird enough sport that you just start talking about weird little things you do with the sport on the side or at home. I used to sit in front of the TV and cradle my cradle a ball on my stick and just work on it that way. And uh, getting to know your stick kind of thing. Cause it's your, it's your best friend. Has to be your best friend. Um, Russ Welch taught me how to. the The not so nice way of saying it is suck it up, but like you're you're playing injured and you're playing hurt kind of thing. And he taught me how to dig, dig deep and just go. Um, Mr. Hartman, Terry Hartman reinforced a lot of the stuff that Pete McGinnis uh, started us with. Just respect for everyone and a respect for the game. I'll say nobody watches more game film than Pete McGinnis. I just want to point that out. He, he's a student at its best. And, I, and Bob Majeski had the ultimate coaching face. Um, and he, he knew how he had to present himself to get the best out of his kids. And one thing that's always stuck with me about him was it wasn't until I graduated really that I realized um, how well we were coached on the, the little things we'd always call it, just the little details of the sport. And I felt like I felt stupid after I finished playing football my senior year that I didn't realize this earlier. And so that's one of the things I really try to pass on is just take a second to think about why you're doing what we're asking you to do. And so I, 
there and you saw you saw my my interview list my my pre-interview list i had 100 guys on there they all taught me different stuff mcclay was just fire and fun mm-hmm. and i didn't play for mcclay but i worked with him and he i mean you work with him still he's just he's passion and he's fun and he's i don't i've never had that much energy <laughs> for <laughs> so sure no i agree uh, those are just some of the ones that popped to the top of my head i mean but the the list is endless Mr. Moore was silly. Mr. Moore was silly, but got a lot done. And it was a great coach. Mr. Moore was just downright silly. And when you're stressful, you're stressed out in a, in a varsity practice, he could throw it a little, a goofy thing there in the middle of doing all your work and getting everything done. He could just make a comment that just went, Oh yeah, we're having fun. So that's part of the list. I'll stop there. No, that's okay. Uh, next question then is I always, uh, I always like this one too. So thinking about your coaching now, you've been a head coach for a while now too. So think about if you could give your high school self a piece of advice or, and, or if you want to do both, that's okay. Or you want to pick one, that's okay too. Or your first year you started coaching. So if you could give yourself uh, for when you first started coaching a piece of advice or when you were in high school from your experiences now as a head coach, what what would you think that advice would be? So as far as first year as a coach goes, I would tell myself to shut up. <laughs> There's just, there was always this need when I was first starting out to, I don't know if you want to say prove yourself or I, I guess prove yourself would be the, the way to go. But sometimes you don't need to recap every single detail in your end of the practice speech. Like you, some stuff can just be allowed to, they can stew on it a little bit. As far as, to my former self athlete, um, be aware and say thank you. Um, I, I would have I would have said thank you to other coaches that I played for. Um, and just it's it's easy to kind of play off meaningful comments or compliments or criticism as a dumb high school kid. Just kind of like, oh yeah, I get it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would have I would have stopped listened a little more and then I would have said, thank you to those guys. No, that's great. And once again, you could take this question as a current coach uh, over any sport, lacrosse or football, or when you were a high school athlete as well. So was there ever an event or an opponent you always look forward to playing uh, that always just brought the best out of you that you couldn't wait? You, you, when you got it on the calendar, you kind of circled it and put a bunch Park. of X's and stars next to it. So yeah, talk about that and what's Park. support and Park. Okay. done. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Park Cottage Grove. They were always a great rival. Um, we always went back and forth on everything. It was always, they were always uh, like, like street fights is what it felt like. You just, you're going to go grind. You always grind, uh, did a little, you grind harder against Park because they were right across the river. When you're growing up in Hastings, you're told that Park is your rival. And I know that world's a little different now with the shifting conferences, how many years ago. Um, but at least as far as lacrosse goes, we like to like to talk to those kids about the history between Park. And the, the cool thing about it, at least in the lacrosse world, I can't really speak to football as much, but lacrosse, we, we intersect in other, in other times of the year. And so I've gotten to know those coaches over the past 10 years and they're awesome dudes and they feel the same way about the healthy rivalry. But Park was always, whether it was football, I mean, middle school, football, wrestling, baseball, 
park was always the, the, the bitter rival, but we always enjoyed playing them. And there's guys that I've gotten to know that grew up there or coach there now, and they're great dudes and they're, they're, they're building good programs, especially those lacrosse guys. They're doing a great job. It's always fun to put them on the books. Awesome. I know this is a question that we deal with a lot as, as coaches now, but what does success mean to you and how do you measure that? Uh, I had a kid, probably my, I don't know, fourth, third, fourth year of coaching. Uh, I'll leave names out of it. He was a lacrosse player. Um, not talented, but the hardest working, I called him James Brown because he was the hardest working man in show business. Um, he hustled after every ground ball. He worked his tail off at everything. And he was the guy that got there early to help set up. And he was the guy that was digging in the woods, looking for lacrosse balls at the end of the day when everybody else bolted. He just always went the extra mile and was a fantastic kid. And I was so happy to see him earn a good chunk of varsity time by his senior year. Um, but I went to his grad party and he was going into the military and he pulled me aside at the grad party. And I don't know the, the full story of this and how it all works, but he had, he was able to give um, a couple sets of dog tags to different people. And he like with his name and everything and his, where he was going and all that. And he gave me a set of his dog tags. If you want to summarize why I coach, I would say that's it. Because I watched this kid who couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time, go on to serve our country. And the fact that he was, he acknowledged me as part of that journey meant the world to me. And I don't know if I fully answered that question, but like, <laughs> I know it's abstract. We'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's, that's my greatest moments like that are the greatest accomplishments. When I see kids grow up or see something click with a kid, that that's everything. Oh, that's awesome. Last couple of questions in for you, Brady here. Um, man, yeah, that, no, that's a, that's a tough one. That last question, but yeah, it really gets to you too. you know, think about those moments, but moving on last couple of questions. If you could give parents or coaches two pieces of advice from your experience, your perspective, what would they be and why? Uh, the parents need to be reminded that we were hired to do a job and all the coaches that I've met and worked with, none of them have, they want to practice gone. You know what? I'm out to get this kid. And so every decision we make, we, we, we think hard about every time we got to bench a kid or reward a kid. And we don't do things to endanger or oppress your child. So give these coaches a little bit of the you know, benefit of the doubt a little bit, like, like you would a teacher. Um, and, and you need to let your kids fail. You have to let your kids fail or they will never learn how to pick themselves back up again. I, and it's hard to do because it's, it's, I don't have kids, but they say it's like uh, walking around with your, your heart out of your chest. And I understand that, but 
you got to know we all we all do this for pretty pretty noble and pretty uh, good reasons. Unselfish. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's unselfish. We give a lot of our time to just just trust the process a little bit. Um, and what was the other one? Other parent or coaches? Uh, parents or coaches? Yep. Coaches. I my the easy one is just listen to your kids. Get to know your kids. Talk to your kids. If you go in there, you know, playing dictator, you're not going to get a good response. So go in there and get to know those kids. That's like personally. I'm not saying hang out with them on the weekends, but like, like learn what makes each of them tick. And that'll serve you better than any playbook you could, you know, learn and any scheme you could devise. Just get to know what, what you got to work with. Awesome. Same kind of question now, but for student athletes. So if you had to give student athletes two pieces of advice from your perspective, what would they be and why? I'm going to lean more towards the students, I think, here. Um, junior, senior year, you start, you got friends and, you know, that are about to graduate and then you yourself are about to graduate. A lot of them sit and talk about, oh, I can't wait to get out of here. And the only advice I really want to give is just step on the brakes and enjoy what you got. Enjoy this moment. Enjoy this time. Don't be in this huge, you got your whole life to explore the world. Enjoy this, this once in a lifetime experience while you have it. Um, don't bail on your sports. Like there's a lot of kids that quit a couple years into high school um, to, they don't want to work hard or whatever. And just, you, you only have a small window to do this. So why not do it now while your, your body is able to function properly and, you know, before your knees give out and you're too old to, you know, to compete, just in, enjoy, immerse yourself in the experience, join as much uh, different sports and clubs and try different stuff, do as much as you can test the waters in high school. And that, I mean, that, that advice moves on to college as well. Try a bunch of different stuff. Learn what you're good at. Learn what you're bad at. Find things you love. Try something weird. It's kind of my standard advice is just explore. Mm -hmm. Explore and enjoy. Enjoy the ride. Sweet. That's all I got for you today, Brady. So if you all got right. uh, the mic is yours. If you want to oh, talk right. anything else, uh, any questions I didn't ask you, anything else, so feel free. I'll wrap it up and I'll just take my own advice, I guess. And I just, to all the coaches and teachers and parents and friends. Thank you. Thank you for whatever part you played in getting me to where I'm at. Um, I wish I would have said it back in the day in person, but just know that the lessons that you taught, uh, whether consciously or subconsciously, they, they did land with me. And I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart and I try to pass it on to everybody I work with. Awesome. Thanks, Brady. Thank you.